Hope you folks are doing well this Wednesday, a hump day in America. Hump day in the United States, hump day in Europe, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, hump day in the free world. You know, folks, I have a lot to talk about today, but uh, I uh, sit back in my easy chair before the show and I just kind of uh, thought of what I was going to make subject of my monologue today and... uh, the name Megan Kelly just kept popping into my head. The name Fox News just kept popping in my head. And the news media in general. I have to ask you, America, just what do you want in your country today? Do you want the truth? Or do you want, uh, oh, I don't know, music commentary reported to you by talking heads seeing the world through rose-colored glasses is that's what you want music and uh, touchy feel-good news maybe to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside or do you want the truth do you want the truth about your country its so-called leaders what they're up to what the world is up to the implications of what Congress does and does not do and reported to you just as the news. No spin. No uh, expanding the uh, words or changing words to make the whole context of what the news is uh, fall in line with, say, the ideology of progressivism or communism or some other ism. Just is Just what is it you want, America? When you listen to the news, do you want entertainment or do you want the news? Period. Now, when growing up in the 50s, I can still remember the news being reported about the Korean War on our little black and white television way back when. The screen was about the size of a fishbowl and the console was about the size of a 48 Buick. But you know, back then, the commentators, or news reporters as they called them, they didn't call themselves journalists, reported the news. And I'm sure it was even doctored back then. Because you see, even back then, the Communist Democrat Party owned the news. Guys like, oh, I don't know, Walter Winchell and... uh, Some of those other guys, they were all in bed with the Communist Democrat Party. Joseph McCarthy pointed to them, tried to bring it out to the American people just where the media was in those days as far as reporting the truth, what side they were on. Who who did they sign on to as far as support when it comes to supporting an ideology? The ideology back then was plain and simple. Joseph McCarthy called it out. He called it for what it was, communism. Communism in our government, communism in our media, communism in Hollywood. You know, ladies and gentlemen, today when you say communism or the word communism to 
oh, I don't know, anybody in a conversation, whether it be a conservative or a liberal or a progressive type person, whatever, they just roll their eyes. They don't want to hear that word, probably because most of them have never been exposed to what communism is all about. Oh, yeah, our all so-called learned kids that are graduating from the brightest and best universities in the United States, Yale, Harvard, University of Texas, whatever, they come out, they know what communism is. It's a good thing. It's something that America should sign on to. It's something that America should adopt. It's something that America and the population of America should honor and respect. Communism is the way to go. And our kids coming out of college are being indoctrinated every day while they sit in the classroom and listen to the communist, progressive, socialist, Marxist professors that beat it into their brains. And we've talked about this. You know the scenario. We've talked about this in length for, I don't know, hours sometimes. But it, you know, the, it just doesn't get through the American people. I honestly think that the majority of the American people are asleep at the wheel. And if they woke up, what would we, what would we uh, see then? What kind of reaction would we see from Americans who right now just don't give a damn? They just want to be entertained. They just want to be, oh, I don't know, left alone. And just tell them what they want to hear. The good, the warm, and fuzzy stuff. They don't give a damn who the messenger is. This as long as the message is one that makes them feel good. A feel-good message. If the majority of the population woke up, hell, you'd still have the same thing. Underinformed, I don't give a damn people. Now, we've talked about how America has changed and the vehicle that has been used to do that change, the tools, namely the public schools, namely the mainstream biased communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive back uh, mainstream media and Congress and our own government. Our own government is against we the people. We who really understand what's going on. We who have some gray matter between our ears and pay attention and we speak out and we're put down. We're called all kinds of names. We're called uh, a threat to the security of the United States. We're told that we do not have any idea what the Constitution really means. It don't mean a hill of beans anymore. It's just an old worn out document. That a bunch of old gray-headed old men wrote way back when? Who controls America today? Who control literally controls America today? You know, I don't think anybody could really put their finger on it. They're so far embedded into the shadows that it would be a very hard uh, time to follow the lines and the links to them. Whoever them is. But some of the puppets of them are such things and such people as Congress, the Presidency of the United States, the mainstream media, the vocal uh, outlet for the propaganda that them sends to the American people via television and, and the printed matter every day. And the media... The media is the outlet, the propaganda machine. 
I used to say just for the Communist Democrat Party. But the media is the propaganda outlet machine for Congress. The media, in all of its glory, as they like to bask in and make each other feel good by telling each other that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, just watch them any day of the week. Who do they interview? The majority of the time, they interview each other. They sit down and interview each other with this Megyn Kelly, Donald Trump thing. Who does she go to to have interviews with? Who does she talk to about what happened and what transpired on the stage that night? The debate. She goes to her fellow so-called journalists who are a bunch of dolts just like she is. Now, she professes to be uh, upstanding, independent. She's not a Republican. She's not a Democrat. She's right down the middle. She goes after one just as much as she goes after the other. Fox News, the upstanding, right down the middle, fair and balanced. We take it to both sides. We shine the light on both sides. I'll have to admit, they do it just a tad more shining the light than ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, but they are all in bed together. If you check the people who run Fox News, if you check the people who are the talking heads on Fox News, less a couple, they are all retreads from ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN, public broadcasting. They are all retreads. They are all liberals. Now, they've done a damn good job, I have to admit. Fox News has done an excellent job on hoodwinking the American people into thinking they are fair and balanced. But they keep bringing the same liberal, progressive, communist, socialist back day after day and parading them across the screen and letting them have a national platform to spew their communist way of thinking, etc. Oh, they make a, when I say they, Fox News, and who's ever talking to these communists at the time, they make a a so-called effort to bring out the truth. But that's bogus. That is bogus, ladies and gentlemen. There is news out there to be reported that Fox News and the rest of these so-called media outlets refuse to report. And if they report and they refuse to report it as the news. There's a lot of black issues out there, positive and negative. They do not report for fear of being called a racist or whatever. The Fox News outlet, the ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, public broadcasting are all controlled by political correctness. And they like that. They like to be politically correct. But the bottom line is, folks, the news media today, and has been for decades, is owned and operated and controlled by the communist left. Whoever them is in the shadows controls them. Whoever them is in the shadows controls many in Congress. Whoever them is controls a lot of what goes on here in our beloved country, the United States of America, and abroad. I can't leave out Europe. 
Now, a lot of people would say, well, Gary, it's the Bilderberg Group. It's the One World Order Group. You even had a president, Gary, that talked about One World Order in his speeches, George Bush Sr. I understand that. But to put a name on these groups like the Aspen Group, the One World Order Group, the Bilderbergs, you know, those are maybe groups of people within themselves that think of a one world order as we uh, civilians look at it on the way they think. But they have other, they have other dreams, I would suspect, on what they want the world to be. Those dreams, I don't know. We start talking about the Bilderbergs or the One World Order group or the Aspen group or any of these international groups. And one is labeled a conspirator. One is labeled one who believes in conspiracy. These groups don't mean a hill of beans, you would be told. But if you dig deep into these groups, you'll see that most of them, the membership of, is made up of past congressmen, past senators in the United States, past news media people. And keep digging, you'll find all kinds of different people involved in these groups. Is that the them that I'm talking about? I don't know. All I know is the factual things that as a person I can research and find out myself. All I know is that the news media in the United States of America and the the so-called journalists that they like to call themselves, that is all bogus. They are not journalists. Oh yeah, they went to journalism school. But like we said before, you go to journalism school, you go to school economics, you go to the school and, and, and uh, get a, a, a degree in history, whatever. You're going to come out there with your head full of communism is great, progressivism is great, capitalism's no good, all of this stuff. You come out of there, most people come out of there almost secularist or some even come out as atheist when they come out of the college. Now, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when you talk about the news media and you talk about all the news media personalities, such as Megyn Kelly, Sean Hannity, I'm just speaking of a couple that are on Fox News, which do you really, I'm talking to conservative America now, when you listen to Fox News, which one do you take more... Uh, away from when they you hear them report the news. Megyn Kelly, Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Greta Van Susteren. Who is it that you put more faith in that you're getting the actual news? Who is it that you put more faith in when you listen to Fox News or, or God forbid, if you listen to CNN or CBS or NBC? What is the personality out there that you buy into as that per of the person that person who would be reporting the news just as the news no spin attached There's only one person I can think of in the whole big garbled up mess of journalism and mainstream media and reporting the news and commentary it like I said it's not the news anymore it's entertainment but there's one person, as far as Gary Gatehouse is concerned, that brings the news 
as honestly as that person can, and that would be Sean Hannity, the Sean Hannity Show, both on the radio and his television show on Fox. That is it. I don't listen to any of the others. Megyn Kelly is just a little, she's a wise ass. Let's face it, let's call a spade a spade here. She is nothing but a wise ass who thinks she's sitting on top of the world, sitting there doing the news in her little cocktail dresses every night with her little coffered hair all nice and shiny and beautiful and that beautiful face. And she's nothing but a, oh, I don't know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. I'll report the news the way I see fit. No, it's not the way she sees fit. It's the way the news, Fox News, wrote it up for her to report. With She can interject some of her, oh, I don't know, spin into it, and she does every night. She tries to come on as a real tough broad, but she's not. She's not. The thing with Trump and what transpired last Thursday in Fox News, Fox News set him up. The first two questions out of the box were to destroy him from the beginning, to cut him off, his legs off at the knees so he would not have a leg to stand on the rest of the debate. But uh, Trump wouldn't have any, in, in any of it. He recognized it from the get-go. And we're going to talk more about Trump after the break. We're going to talk more about how the people of America, we the people, not the the people who are the elitist or the people who are the, uh, oh, I don't know, the academia crowd. I'm talking about we the people of America. We conservatives, we people that still pay attention to what's going on in our country. How we look at Donald Trump and what old Donald's saying when he opens his mouth every day. We'll be right back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a leading spokesperson in many of our country's ongoing national debates and has become a clear voice for those who are seeking a return to traditional conservative values. And now, here's Phyllis Schlafly. A college student is suing Blinn College in Brenham, Texas, because her constitutional rights were violated when she was shooed off the quad for displaying a pro-Second Amendment sign. Simply for having signs that read things like, Defend Gun Rights on Campus, Nicole Sanders was told by a college official and three armed campus police officers that she had to leave. She was told to move from her place near the student center to a so-called free speech area, roughly the size of a parking space where very few students would actually see or hear her. In response, Sanders hired a lawyer and is threatening to sue the school for viewpoint discrimination. Blinn College is not alone in its blatant disregard of the Constitution. Many colleges permit free speech only in a so-called free speech zone. These zones almost always cover less than 1% of the campus and are not big enough for more than a few people standing. Some colleges even require a permit to be filed days beforehand for students even to use the free speech zone. 
because many of these policies are so vague, they could be used to censure students' use of the Bible or other religious documents. Colleges should provide an environment for students to grow intellectually. Speech codes destroy that environment and defeat the purpose of having universities. Universities should not be censoring the conservative talk of their students. This case in Texas is just another sad example of colleges silencing conservative students in direct violation of their constitutional right to free speech. Nicole Sanders' lawyer put it best when he said, Blinn College thinks it's acceptable to have a free speech zone that is the size of a parking spot, but the Constitution's free speech zone is the size of the United States. Those words should ring true for all college students who want to speak their mind. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Students, next time you're online, check out eagleforum.org and discover that there are other students like you who don't bow to the politically correct left-wing agenda on their campus. Hear about rallies, resources, and the annual Eagle Forum Collegians Summit in Washington. Log on to eagleforum.org. Then join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hi, this is Gary Gatehouse with the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're at in God's big, beautiful world. And don't forget to listen to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on dogsofwarradio.com. We'll be right back after a few short messages. Don't you go away. More than 2 million Americans have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Department of Veterans Affairs reports that approximately 11 to 20 percent of those warriors may have experienced symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. As we recognize PTSD Awareness Month, Real Warriors campaign volunteer Meg Mitchum, a former Army combat medic who served in Iraq, encourages fellow warriors to reach out when they need help. The hardest step was admitting that I needed help coping with PTSD. Once I did, my command and unit fully supported me, and I was able to get the care I needed. Getting support helped me succeed in the military and now in my civilian career. If you or a loved one is coping with an invisible wound, resources are available, and they work. For more information, visit the Real Warriors campaign at realwarriors.net or call 866-966-1020. Hump Day in America with a Gary Gatehouse radio show. Welcome back. You know, there's a headline out there, and the headline goes something like this. Surge of illegals at border going mostly unseen, mostly unreported. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the big issues that has been hounding Americans, oh, I don't know, for decades now. Illegal aliens in this country. Illegal aliens coming to our country. Illegal aliens getting all the benefits that Americans are supposed to get. Illegal aliens taking away low-paying jobs that a lot of Americans depend on. Now these illegal aliens are coming into our country, have been coming into our country for decades, taking those jobs away from Americans that need them 
over 90 million Americans have given up, are not even looking for work anymore. They're out there sitting in their homes trying to figure out what to do next because there's no jobs out there that they can do. A lot of these people are undereducated individuals, low-income individuals that are honest Americans, honest Americans, family uh, families come from this group of people. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, we don't pay any attention to our own people. Now here's a good example of that. We have an individual in the Rainbow House, formerly the White House. His name is Barack Hussein Obama Jr. DeSissi. Now, I put the DeSissi on the end of it because that's what he is. He's a sissy. He is a sissy. And I would say a closet homosexual. Being that it is, these people in Congress and the Rainbow House pay no attention to the plight of the American people. They could care less. The very same people that we elected to represent us, we sent them to Congress, and they turned their backs on us. They would rather go to bat, bowing down to the lobbyists like La Raza and Mech and all those people that come knocking on their doors. They would rather bow down and support them because they know they've got to have that, or they think they've got to have that almighty Hispanic vote to keep their ass in power. So who do they cater to? Who do they fondle and help and hope and and caress and, and say, you know, we're trying our best to help your illegal brothers and sisters that come into our country. We're going to take, make it right for them. Don't, don't uh, hold me responsible for anything that goes against them. Vote for me. Vote for me. Vote for me. And all along, us Americans, us folks that are undereducated, us folks that for one reason or another can't good get a job, we're sitting at home trying to figure out what's going on next for our ourselves, our our other, our significant other, our uh, our families, and all along those jobs that we used to fill are filled by illegal aliens hired by companies, hired by businesses, under the table, whatever. Now I've talked about this before. And I'm going to mention it again. When it comes to illegal aliens down here in Texas, you can go to any job site where new homes are being built and you will see them. Mostly they are, uh, if it's a brick home, they're, 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 they're the bricklayers. A lot of them. Drywall, roofers, framers, people who pour the concrete and spread it out to make sidewalks and driveways. People who install the windows, etc. A lot of them are illegals. And some of them, if not all of them, are paid under the table. Now these builders, these home builders, they put together a house. A three bedroom, two bath. Front room, living room, dining room, kitchen. You know the drill. Nice looking home. Average size, 25, 2600 square feet with maybe an attached garage. And it costs them X amount of dollars to put that under... Uh, up uh, and built, including labor. And then they turn around and charge you double for that house. 
And if you had a chance to look at the labor statistics and who's building those homes, you will see that they're getting paid pittance for what an American laborer, laborer, not a skilled person, a laborer would get. These are jobs that Americans could be filling here in Texas. Oh, I know I will catch a wrath of hell from individuals out there if they listen to this show and say, what the hell are you talking about? I heard nothing but legal people. I don't believe that for one instance. And this type of stuff is going on all across the United States of America. There are estimates from anywhere from 15 to 30 million illegals in this country. Taking up jobs that Americans could be doing. And why do these businesses, why do these companies hire these illegals? Because they can pay them half of what they would have to pay an American. And how can these Mexicans in third world trash from third world countries south of the border survive? Well, they come up here, cross the border, break into our country illegally. They find them a good job market to go to that their labor skills can be used or their non-skilled labor can be used and off they go. And they rent a house and w- that will normally house, I don't know, at the most, maybe six people, seven people, a family. And you got 10 or 15 illegals living in that house. Living off rice and beans, whatever. You know what? All you Mexicans and all you Hispanics and Chicanos and all you Latinos out there, all those things you call yourself, and all you folks that were born and raised in America, all you Hispanic people, all you Latinos, all you Chicanos, all of you people that uh, supposedly love America. I believe, I honestly believe, when push comes to shove, even with people born in this country that have ancestors that come from across the border, south of the border, I honestly believe when push comes to shove, you will not support the Constitution. Not all of you, but most of you will not support the Constitution and laws of the United States. You will stand with your illegal brothers and sisters. Hell, we have congressmen. Newton Terrace from Illinois. Look at him. And many others. They support illegals before they even support their own constituents. Well, hell, maybe their constituents are, not, are made up of the majority of illegals. Who knows? But they turn their back on what constituents there are in their region that are legal Americans and still pay for the, uh, uh, stand with the Constitution. Illegal aliens in this country. Surge of illegals at border going mostly unseen. Many hiding in Mexican transfer trucks. Reports have started to surface about a new surge at the United States-Mexico border at a time when many Americans remain unnerved over reports of rapes and killings perpetrated by illegal aliens. A situation that may not have ever made the national media if it not mentioned by Donald Trump. You know, folks, for all his faults, Donald Trump's willingness to talk about the issue of criminality by illegal aliens has propelled him into a substantial lead over his Republican rivals. Now, 
Deputy Director of the United States Border Patrol, Ronald Vitillo, said the number of immigrant families, illegal aliens, captured at the border increased in July, bucking a downward trend that had taken shape earlier in the year that was supposed to relieve crowded conditions at detention centers. He went on to file papers in federal court arguing that limiting detention puts a strain on Border Patrol efforts in the field. We have individuals in, in the government that are doing the, their duty as best they can, hamstrung by our Congress, hamstrung by that uh, closet homosexual, that liar, that silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago that lives in the Rainbow House, formerly known as the White House, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the sissy. They're saying, oh, no, no, no. No, don't, don't bother those people coming across the border. Let them in. If they commit rapes, if they beat up people, if they rob, if they kill people while drunk behind the wheel, give them a driver's license. Give them the right to drive a car in America. Honor them. Give them all the benefits Americans have and let Americans pay for them. Let Americans pay for their health. Let Americans pay for these illegals' education and the education of their kids. Let Americans pay for all their emergency room visits. Let Americans pay for every aspect, every damn thing that is attached to each and every illegal alien and what they need to raise their illegal families here in the United States of America. Congress has told the American people, along with that SOB in the White House, the Rainbow House, that you, America... To shut the hell up about illegals. They're coming across the border. We're going to spread them all over the country in every enclave, every barrel, every town, every city. And you're going to have to take care of them, America, along with taking care of your own families. And if you don't like it, the hell with you. We don't care. Because you see, we need their votes. We need the legal Hispanic vote. And we can't piss them off in any way, shape, or form because we need their vote. Now we hear an article like this. Reports have stated to sur- have started to surface about a new surge at the United States-Mexico border at a time when many, Amer- many Americans remain unnerved over reports of rapes and killings. And who's blown the whistle on this? Who stood up there and talked about this? In the debate last Thursday... Who stood up there and used the bully pulpit, if you will, when their time had come around, when they had a little segment of their six minutes they could use during that whole debate time? It was Donald Trump. He's the one that raised the issue about illegal aliens in our country. It wasn't Fox News. It wasn't ABC or CBS or NBC. You know, folks... It's human nature to look at things and say, oh my God, I'm glad I'm not. that didn't happen to us. When things like a woman being raped and then murdered with a claw hammer of an Air Force veteran, 63-year-old woman in her bedroom in broad daylight, daytime, by two illegals that had committed crimes before and released, many crimes and released, broke into her house and killed her in cold blood 
with a claw hammer, beat her to death. She had just enough life left in her to call 911 before she died. An American citizen, a fellow American citizen, who gave up part of her life to serve her country in the United States Air Force. A 63-year-old American citizen. Beat to death by illegals. Oh, that made the news in passing. But it was no big thing. We had to talk about Megyn Kelly. We had to talk about all the things that Fox News is saying and doing. We had to talk about all those things that people are saying about Donald Trump. We had to talk about all the uh, talking points that Democrat Party and the Republican Party have put out for the news media to use against Donald Trump. Because you see, he is raising the flag. He is of someone of national prominence that is getting the word out to the American people, you are being screwed. And who is screwing you? It's Congress. It's the President of the United States. And who is spewing all the propaganda to protect their ass? It's Fox News. It's ABC News. It's CBS News. It's NBC News. It's CNN News. It's Public Broadcasting News. You know when you uh, rattle the tree and you start telling the truth, all those individuals that have not been telling us the truth for decades, and that includes Congress, they become rattled. They don't know exactly how to react to one person. Crude around the edges, I admit. A person that is a business person, has no political attachments whatsoever as far as running a country or running a government. And you know if you look at that, something like that and you go back to the early days of the United States, you can look at just about every individual that signed the Declaration of Independence, every individual that fought the Revolutionary War, all those that were uh, rose to prominence to run the government of the United States, the first fledgling government of the United States, they were businessmen. They were entrepreneurs. They were Christian people. None of them had any ties, really, with politics to the way and extent that these people have ingrained themselves into today. And they put America on the map, the United States of America, from the get-go. They kicked the most powerful army's ass in the world in the Revolutionary War. And that Continental Army was ran and raised and motivated by the most part by common everyday folks. Oh yeah, there was a few professional generals in there. But for the most part, the leadership came from within, from the roots of the same people who wanted freedom. Today, somebody like Donald Trump, who's not tied in with politics and Congress in any way, shape, or form when it comes to actually being a professional politician, 
he rises up. And for whatever motivations that are behind him in his brain for doing so, I don't know what they are. I'm sure they will come out somewhere along the line. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we of America, we probably have said to ourselves, man, he's got the best message I've heard in years. He's been saying things recently that I have always wanted a somebody in a leadership role to say. To stand with the American people. Not illegals. Not people coming from the Middle East that are being dumped on us. Stand for Americans. We the people. And that would be Donald Trump. The message. The message is out there. The people of America, we who love America, we who understand what's going on in Congress and in the Rainbow House, where Barack Hussein Obama Jr. resides, the people's house, we understand what's going on. And we hoped and prayed somebody would come along and shine the light of truth on all of these rascals, all of these liars and cheats. And crooks that reside in Congress. The biggest, largest political whorehouse in the world. And that person, that person would be Donald Trump. Donald Trump, an entrepreneur, a billionaire. Who would ever think that? But the message is there. The messenger, crude as he may be in some, some ways... Honest, honestly, I, 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 I don't care. I really don't care. You look at the people that represent us, the Boehners and the McConnells, and that whole lot of Republican leadership up there. They're all progressives. They're all connivers. They're all liars. And before we go to break, I just want to remind you one thing to kind of undermine or underline all that I've talked about in this segment of the show. And I hearken back to before 2014. With the 2014 election on the radar screen. If we were hammered day after day after day. Fox News did it. Day after day they hammered us. They prayed, prayed people across the screen. They had panels. They had discussions. They interviewed each other. We've got to get this election for the Republican Party. The Republican Party is going to do this, do that. Boehner said once we get the Senate control of the Senate, we'll have the House and the Senate, and by God, we're going to go after Obama with both barrels. We're going to do away with Obamacare. We're going to get the, this illegal alien issue under control. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we conservatives bought into it. We bought into it hook, line, and sinker. When the dust settled after the 24 election, 2014 election, Boehner and McConnell did the exact opposite. They wrapped their arms around Barack Hussein Obama Jr. to sissy and all of his issues that he wanted passed, and they gladly passed him and stood with him. Now their mouths are shut. They're not saying anything. They're saying it through their puppets. and Through their spokespeople. They won't come out and say it. They're going after Donald Trump for telling the truth. 
They're trying to character assassinate him. They're looking for anything they can dig up on him. And who are the mouthpieces to do that for him and get the word out? Fox News, ABC, CNS, you know, the whole alphabet media group, the propaganda group for Congress. Prophet West. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA health care facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Folks, why won't we go to the doctor? My uncle called, speech all slurred, complaining his arms numb. He called everyone. He even called my daughter, Tierra, because, you know, she's got a year of nursing. <laughs> everyone thinks he needs to go to the doctor, including me. So he said, well, will you take me? I'm like, I'm on the road. He goes, I'll wait. <laughs> Stroke's no joke. Dial 911. Time loss is brain loss. Seriously, dial 911. Visit strokesnojoke.org, brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. A rock and roll standard performed by my friend, Mr. Trade Martin. What a beautiful voice.
You know, folks, as a student of uh, the old rock and roll, the beginnings of rock and roll, I, I, I was... Uh, <laughs> I was raised on it. I was. I come from the era of Bill Haley and the Comets, and and have followed rock and roll and its uh, progression up the ladder into what it is today, which a lot of it I don't like. Of course, being an old geezer and from the old school, you know you can understand that. But there was another version of that song for your love that. Uh, for many years, was my favorite version. But along came Trade Martin. I met made friends with him years back and the man has taken that song and, and raised it to new heights as far as I'm concerned the way he trans transitions from one part of the song to another it's just a, it's just a fabulous song sung by Trade Martin and I uh, I'm proud to play it on my show and I'm going to be playing some of his songs on my show Oh, every once in a while, just to remind the American people out there that are into the old rock and roll style, into rock and roll, that Mr. Trade Martin is still around. Mr. Trade Martin is still going strong. Mr. Trade Martin is still writing songs, producing songs. Like I said on the show here not too long back, he's like Mozart. Remember when you seen the movie Amadeus and they asked Mozart how he... If he should change this or this on uh, on his one of his uh, uh, musical scores, he said, "No, it's perfect. The first time, that's the way it's supposed to be." I have so much music in my head, and it's all there, the way it's so it's supposed to be. All I have to do is put it on paper. That's the way Trade Martin is. He is a he is a very 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 talented individual. Now, before we go to break, what's coming up on the second half of the show we're going to be talking again. We're going to be talking about the illegal alien problem in the United States. We're going to be talking about the news media and their lack of reporting the illegal alien problem, crisis, threat here in the United States. We're going to be talking about the Christian way of looking, Christian leaders and the way they look at Donald Trump, what they think of him. We're going to be talking about Hillary Clinton and her plan to completely control education in America. How to do it? Well, she's got a plan to fund with taxpayer dollars the complete indoctrination of America's children. Hillary's got a plan. Her little Marxist mind is working overtime, along with all of her folks up there in Congress that want to control us from the time we're born the ones they let be born, and the time we die. I guess somewhere down the line, the time we die will also be written into law. You know, kind of like Soyet Green, remember that old cult movie? When it was time for to die, you went to this dying center, and you laid on the bed and they dressed you out in all your finest and they give you whatever you want, uh, drink, food, whatever, and you watched film of what it used to be like in the world. All the flowers and trees and beautiful streams. and Then they killed you. It was your time to die. It was dictated by law. And the people marched off with their heads down, and they died. Because that is what the government told them they had to do. It was the right thing. 
Do you think we'll ever get to that point? I don't really know. I don't really know if we'll ever get to that point, but the way we're going in the United States of America today, the attitudes and the lack of attitude and the lack of conscience and the lack of civility and the lack of educated people, the lack of people who really give a damn, it's slowly dwindling away, America. It's disappearing from the radar screen and it's being replaced with a new blip. And what America is eventually going to end up being, I don't know. I probably won't be here to see it. But my grandchildren, future generations will not only see it, they will have to live under it. And it's my belief, the Gary Gatehouse radio show, and it's only my opinion, no, none of my affiliates, just mine, that America is being controlled by evil. It is being controlled by evil at all levels. And that evil is controlling America, is controlling the population. America, do you understand how much we have changed since 2008? Do you understand how much America has further slid down the the slide into the abyss of communism and socialism and complete control by the government, a central government. Do you understand that? I honestly believe that the average American doesn't. And I honestly believe that if a messenger as myself or Donald Trump or any numerous amount of uh, other people out there that are blowing the same whistle, raising the same red flag, for the most of the population of America, we're called either believers in conspiracy. We're talking out of the other end of our bodies. We don't know. We don't have a clue. But I guess you know the old saying, the truth is in the pudding. As my grandma said, it'll all, it'll all come out in the wash. And I'm I'm really... I'm really concerned, deeply concerned, about the fate of my country. You know, America, this is the only country we have. We were born and raised in this country. A lot of our ancestors, a lot of our forefathers, a lot of our grandmas and grandpas, and their moms and dads fought for this country. A lot of... uh, Fellow Americans down through the ages have lost their lives, spilled their blood for this country to keep it safe, away from harm. But we have a whole new set of Americans in this country now who have never had to sacrifice one nanosecond of their life for their country. We have a whole new group of Americans who believe that all the freedoms that we have are etched in stone and nobody can ever change them or take them away from us. But that same group of people who believe that those freedoms are inherent of being an American and that's just the way it is in the world, that same group of people, that same group of Americans, the majority I'm afraid, 
also have been taught to hate America for what it stands for, to hate capitalism. Turn their backs on the Christianity. Turn their backs on religion. Don't believe in anything that is good. Americans today are being taught that what is good is really bad. And what is bad is really good. America is completely discombobulated. They don't know one thing that they can put their hands on and say, I honestly believe in this. It's something new every day. And here in America, as folks, as conservatives, as folks, as Christians, who understand all of what's going on, we're in the minority. Let's face it, we are in the minority. Although we try to take issue with all those things that go against what we've been taught, what we believe in, we're being shouted down. The news media. Our children are sent off to school every day and indoctrinated into socialism and communism and hate America. Hell, they're even be, being taught to hate their own families. Don't believe in what your mother and father say. What do they know? It's the government that knows. Not your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. It's the government. And this new generation of Americans have more faith in their government running their lives than they do in running their own lives. America's come to the point where they don't want responsibility. They want somebody else to have that responsibility for them. They, want, they don't want to have to make hard or harsh decisions on things that come along during their lifespan. They don't want to do that. They want somebody else to do it for them, namely the government. That's what I'm afraid of, ladies and gentlemen. I'm afraid of this new America. I'm afraid of the attitudes and the lack of common sense and the lack of love of country that exists in America today, especially in the younger people. The very same people that someday will be running America. And like I said before, we're only one generation away at any given time from losing America, losing its values, losing its history. Only one generation away. And what I'm really scared of is that generation is now here in America and they are now actively processing what they hear from people like me people like Donald Trump people like Mark Levine, Levine Rush Limbaugh Christian scholars etc they're processing that and they're turning their back on it they don't believe what we say they believe it's nothing more than lies because you see the government is always right. This is Gary Gatehouse with the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition, hump day in America. We're going to take a break for the news. We're coming up on the hour here. 
But like I said, when we come back, we have a lot of bases to touch, a lot of ground to cover in the next 60 minutes. So y'all just hang in there, have a listen to the news, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Gary Gatos Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-Minute News break. Radio on Bill Vitka. Stay of execution. It's what lawyers and supporters want for Kelly Gissendaner. They've gone to the U.S. Supreme Court petitioning for another stay. And minutes ago, the high court said no. Now denying two applications for a stay of execution, along with the Georgia Board of Pardons. Gissendaner is the only woman on Georgia death row, and critics of the death penalty see it as a test case. Nothing the state does is ever going to bring their father back. But by killing their mother, they're being victims again. Gissendaner was convicted of the murder of her husband, conspiring with her lover who stabbed her husband to death, but he struck a plea deal to avoid execution. Afghan troops backed by U.S. forces are waging a full-scale battle to recapture the provincial capital of Kunduz by the Taliban. The loss of Kunduz was a shock, but now the Afghan army wants it back. Monday's assault by the Taliban took everyone by surprise as the invaders overran government buildings and hoisted their flag in the city square. 300,000 people live in Kunduz, and its capture was the biggest Taliban gain since the Allied invasion in 2001, which drove them out. So just how well this operation is going is unclear. Chris Moore of Sky News. Trial dates have been set for the six Baltimore policemen charged in the death of Freddie Gray. Officer William Porter facing manslaughter, misconduct in office, among other charges. He was one of three officers who checked on Freddie Gray in the van. He will start his trial on November 30th. It was originally going to be October 13th. Thereafter, the other five officers will face theirs throughout uh, January, February, and ending in March. Fox's Griff Jenkins, Freddie Gray. Raised death in April from injuries he suffered while in police custody sparked protests and rioting. They are the first in the nation states, but not much longer, maybe. After the 2016 campaign, the head of the Republican Party said Iowa, New Hampshire, which traditionally kick off the nominating season, may not be number one after that. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Real experience, real insight. We're following this explosive story. Nothing gets by Greta. This is all BS. What was that all about? There's no spin and no question. O'Reilly dominates. Plus, smart, sharp, and cutting edge. It's the news of the day, but with a little heat. Megan delivers, and Sean seals the deal with fearless talk. What part of that are you understanding? Most watched, most trusted, Fox News Channel. There's more to Fox News Radio than meets the ear. Go behind the headlines and join the conversation on the hottest stories of the day on the Fox News Radio Facebook page. Be a part of the Fox News Radio Facebook fan community. Post comments and tell us your opinions. See behind-the-scenes photos and videos and post your reactions to the stories that matter to you. Click the like button on Facebook and connect with breaking news and features like Fox in the Fast Lane, House Call for Help, and more. Go to Facebook.com slash Fox News Radio. Snowden, the whistleblower and fugitive who exposed mass surveillance at the NSA, is now on Twitter. His first tweet, can you hear me now? Within just an hour after tweeting his first message, Snowden had more than 185,000 followers. He's following just one account, tweets from the NSA. Snowden is currently living in exile in Russia. He faces charges in the U.S. 
that could land him in prison for up to 30 years. Fox Radio's John Decker. In the first two hours, actually, Snowden gained almost 300,000 followers, and he has way more Twitter followers than the NSA. Stocks made their way higher. The Dow Jones Industrials rising 47 points. The S&P 500 adding a deuce. The Nasdaq Composite falling 26. A company with a reputation as a coffee maker is turning to soda maker. You may know Keurig for its machines that let you brew one cup of coffee or tea at a time at your home or office by inserting a pod and pressing a button. Now it has a similar machine for cold drinks. Keurig Cold with a K makes single servings of Coke, Sprite, Dr. Pepper, and flavored seltzers. But some folks may golf at the price. It retails for about $370, although Keurig says that could drop to as low as $300 depending on promotions. Each drink pod also costs a little over a buck. While that may not save you any money, the company says it means you won't have to deal with carting around and storing bottles and cans. Some critics say it's still cheaper to just buy soda. Fox Radio's Pat O'Neill. Calcium supplements don't work, according to the experts. A new study finds that people over 50 don't get stronger bones, either from supplements or eating calcium-rich foods such as dairy. The findings reported in the British Medical Journal support what U.S. health authorities have been saying for years, that calcium supplements are not just a waste of time. They could be harmful. Instead of stronger bones, calcium pills build up in the arteries, causing heart disease or kidney stones. Bill Fitka, Fox News Radio. Well, welcome back to the second half of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday Hump Day. Woo! What are you? Ring dang doo! No, ladies and gentlemen. The impact of public school education on we the people here in the United States, our kids, future generations, our government, our security, the whole ball of wax. I come to the conclusion a long time ago, and I even voiced my opinions on that, like I said many times over on my show, the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, starting way back in 2007, on just what kind of education our children are getting today and have been for years via the public school system, owned and operated by the Communist Democrat Party. You notice, if you take notice, all those politicians up there on the left are always whining and crying and wanting more money for the educational system, right? They're just saying we dump more money into the educational system and we'll get things right. We'll get our kids all out there and uh, be at the top of the heap as far of, uh, as being competitive in the world around us. Well, we dumped millions and millions, billions of dollars into our educational system, our public school educational system, and where has it got us? It's got us nowhere. We have a dumbed-down population that couldn't find their ass with both hands. It's pretty self-evident. Watch TV. Watch the crap that is put together on TV for entertainment. It doesn't take too much knowledge to sit down and watch the crap that is put on TV. To entertain the population of America these days. Not all of us. Some of us are still interested in getting true ed information out there and, and more up-to-date education on our own selves. Educating our own selves on anything. Anthropology. You name it. Sociology. It's all out there for people to soak up if they want to. But the population today... Whether they're being educated on the Kardashians, reality shows, dance shows, singing shows, 
They got it all down pat. They know all about all those individuals are competing for whatever. And uh, what the Kardashians are doing, who they're screwing, not screwing. They know it all about that. But you ask them anything about their country, they don't know a hill of beans about their, their country. They don't know anything about the politicians up there. And that's what the politicians want. Now, there's a thing coming out that's being pushed by such people as uh, Mike Huckabee running for the office of the White House via the Republican Party once their nomination. And he stands by Common Core. But you know Common Core is not going to fix this problem. And neither, neither are all these federally funded tasks that are out there. For example, three-quarters of the American students who earn a high school diploma are unprepared for college coursework. 30% of high school graduates can't pass a United States military entrance exam. 30%! And I imagine it's higher than that. And that test is focused on basic reading, writing, math skills. More than 600,000 United States manufacturing jobs sit vacant because they aren't enough qualified candidates to fill them. Across the country this spring, students are scheduled to take federally funded tests that align with the Common Core standards. Now, the resistance already has been strong in most areas where the tests are not mandatory. Many students have chosen to opt out of this testing, and good for them. Good for them. New York State has emerged as a center of resistance, believe it or not, to Common Core. In some school districts, well over half the students refused to take the Common Core aligned test this spring. In one Long Island district, 82% of the students opted out. One teacher's union, New York State United Teachers, has actually encouraged parents to opt their kids out of the test. And we all should be delighted in the resistance or the resistance to Common Core. It's extremely encouraging to witness a growing resistance to Common Core and the massive numbers of students and parents that are choosing to opt out of this Orwellian federal-funded testing regime. Now, these are all the comments of an individual that's been looking into this and he's been uh, interviewed on WorldNet Daily. And we know the controversial test, in addition to serving as one of their primary enforcement mechanisms for the Barack Hussein Obama Jr. Decisity administration-backed Common Core fiasco, are gathering unimaginable amounts of data on our children for use by federal education bureaucrats. This is simply unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And it is great to see parents and teachers define this outrageous plan. Common Core has faced criticism from day one from the left and the right. And you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, the people that are pushing Common Core and saying it's the best thing since sliced bread, one of the main sponsors of it is the National Education Association. They want Common Core. Politicians want it. Education bureaucrats want it. And they often claim that students are doing so poorly in school because governments don't spend enough money on education. So they're opposed to solutions are very costly, Mr. Newman points out. For example, it was estimated in 2014 that states would have to spend $10 billion up front to implement Common Core and then up to $800 million per year for the first seven years of the program. 
Now, Mr. Newman thinks federal and state governments are stuck in an endless cycle of spending money on strategies that just don't work. But he believes the cycle will never end on its own because the powers that don't care, I guess, are the American children's parents. There's a lot of parents out there that just don't pay attention. But you know the educational establishment will never put a stop. Will never put a stop to its its own. It will never put a stop to all this. It's big money for them. The American people need to find out what's going on. They don't need more billions. They need less billions. And they need the damn government to get the hell out of the education system. Now, the Department of Education latest report says, and it concludes that 1,777,000 students are homeschooled in the United States. That's 3.4% of the school-age population among children who were homeschooled. 68% were white, 15% are Hispanic, 8% are black, and 4% are Asian and Pacific Islander. Many parents in America are discovering, ladies and gentlemen, that when it comes to education, there's no place like home. As concerns over public education increase, more parents are learning toward leaning toward homeschooling to control things to which their kids are exposed to. According to a report released by Education News last year, the number of children being homeschooled in all states, yes, even the liberal ones, increased by 75% since 1999. And while homeschool children only account for 4% of school children across America, the same report states the number of primary school kids whose parents chose to forego traditional education is growing seven times faster than the number of kids enrolling in K-12 through every year. The American population is waking up. They're waking up to the fact that their children are not getting an education. They are being indoctrinated. They were being indoctrinated. But you know, creating an environment that's accepting of everything except toy guns, anything deemed as bullying, isn't enough to keep our kids safe. But many parents realize this and aren't willing to sacrifice their kids all in the same in the name of tolerance. That's a big liberal word. Tolerance, diversity. Can't we all just get along? And according to this report, there are nearly 2 million homeschooled children in the United States, with the number increasing by 10 to 12 percent every year here in America. I don't know what it's like down in New Zealand, South Africa, wherever. Drop me a line at GaryGatehouse at Hush.com. Let me know what homeschooling is all about in your country. Let me know what the parents of your country are signing on to complaining about public school education. It's no good here in America. It's no good. But you know, homeschoolers, homeschool students, they get more bang for the buck. They're not only safer and more academically accomplished, they, it, it's also cheaper. The annual cost of educating one homeschool student is roughly 5% of the annual cost of educating one public school student. Yeah, you read that right. It costs a family approximately five to $600 a year per homeschool student, while it average, average taxpayers 10000 a year for the average public school student. Ten grand a year. They go in dumb and they come out even more dumb. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's not all that's going down in the public school education system. 
And when we come back after a few short messages, we're going to delve into the education, who teaches it, who's leading it, and what their ideology is behind all of this. We'll be right back. The American Heart Association presents Mon and Polly, the Better Fat Sisters. Mon, what's cooking? I'm famished. Here you are, Polly, my latest culinary creation. Mmm, these fish fillets look wonderful. Mon, I usually don't eat fried food. All that fat, you know. It's okay, they're grilled, and I use just a bit of a vegetable oil that's low in saturated fat. Does that really matter? It does. Oils like canola, corn, and olive mainly contain monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, and they can help reduce bad cholesterol in your blood and lower your risk of heart disease and stroke. Did Mother tell you this? The American Heart Association told me. I found the recipe at heart.org slash face the fats. Are we going to eat or just talk about food? Look who's talking. I'm Mon. And I'm Polly. We're We're the the Better Better Fat Sisters. For more heart-healthy recipes, visit us at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Freedom in America. Freedom in America Radio Network, presenting the traditional view of the good old American dream that you won't hear about on the liberal media. Freedom in America. Yeah. That's right, it's Hump Day, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on Restoration Radio United Kingdom, the GAL Network from South Texas, freedominamericaradio.us, and freedominamericaradio.com. And don't forget, dogsofwarradio.com. Well, you know, folks, the theme of this show today has been about education and lack of here in the United States. How the American people, our children, how our young children, our older children are being screwed, to put it bluntly. And it's all by design. It is all by design, whether you want to buy into it or not, America. You moms and dads out there, you put your little kids on that yellow school bus, or you load them up in a family truckster, and you take them off to the schoolhouse every day, Monday through Friday. And you dump them off, let them off, whatever, and they walk in every little uh, Mary or little Billy carrying a little bag up for their lunch. I guess they still take their lunch in a bag or a school uh, uh, ba- box or something, lunch box. And they walk into that schoolhouse, and who's the first person they see? They see a, a person of authority. You was the last person they seen when they got out of the car or out of the school bus, the person of authority there. They walk into the schoolhouse, and who's the person of authority? It's their teacher. Most of it, women. And they stand up here in front of your children every day, Monday through Friday, 90% of them probably members of the National Education Association, the largest union in the United States of America. And they they literally dictate to your children how it's going to be as far as what they learn and don't learn. They decide what they're going to learn and not learn. And they pick and choose. And the curriculums that they teach from are designed, operated, put together by liberal, socialist, Marxist, communist uh, people who work in conjunction with the NEA and the public school system. Most of the curriculums come out of California. And here are little kids in the Midwest 
in Kansas, Missouri, whatever, down here in the South, we have to go up there and listen to all that pablum. We send our kids to listen to all that pablum that those teachers are puking out of their mouths every day. And it's all laced. It's all filled with leftist crap. Nothing means anything anymore as far as education goes. Now, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, that's an organization of 34 of the most developed countries in the world, released its annual survey of education last week, and it should come as no surprise that the United States outspends other nations on education each year, even though our students continually fall behind other countries academically. The United States spends American taxpayer money at the tune of $11,000 on each each elementary student and more than $12,000 of American taxpayer money on each high school student in the year 2010. That's the most year, the most recent year studied by the OECD. But you factor in additional educational costs such as college or vocational training and the price total is more than $15,000 a student. Taking the United States to the top of the list. But how does that compare to other OECD nations or countries? The OECD nations average nine, nine grand a year per individual student, but some nations fell far behind the United States in educational spending. Mexico, for example, averages just below three grand a year for every student. And they send a lot of their damn people over to our country, illiterate, to join hands with our illiterate, their illiterate brothers and sisters, I guess. Other countries were neck and neck with us. Take Switzerland which spent $14,922 on each of its students. The average OECD nation spent 6.3% of its gross domestic product for education. But the we topped this by spending over 7% of GDP on education. But federal funding only accounts for 70% of the total amount spent on education in the United States. Parents pay another 25%. They pay another 25% with private sources covering the remaining 5%. Money does not equal success, ladies and gentlemen. Money does not equal success. Those numbers don't, don't tell the whole story. Although we're one of the top spenders in education, other OECD nations continually outperform American students, our kids, on international assessments. This is according to the Trends in Mathematics and Science study. Our fourth graders ranked number 11 in the world in math, while our eighth graders fared only slightly ranking number 9 in the world. But it doesn't stop there. The Program for International Study Assessment ranked the United States 31st in math literacy. 31st! Well below the international average. And we ranked 23rd in science among the same student assessment. 23rd. You know, ladies and gentlemen, does that mean anything to you? But now you got the, the teachers unions, the NEA and the American Federation of Teachers. They put in their two cents. And since that po a report has been published, the unions are ready to fight. Randy Wingarden, president of the American Federation of Teachers, commented that we people talk about other countries out educating the United States. It needs to be remembered that those other nations are out investing us in education as well. In other words, she's saying that our students fall behind because the student United States doesn't pay the teachers here in the United States enough. We don't pay our teachers enough. 
Well, let's have a look at that. The first year high school teacher salary in the United States is 38K. That's 7,000 more than the average 31,000 among OECD nations. Luxembourg, however, starts its high school students at a, at a nearly double U.S. with a first year salary of a whopping $72,000. But the figures are scattered and fall all across the spectrum. Slovakia pays its first high school, stu- uh, school teachers 10 grand. The average high school teacher in America makes 53000 annually, well above the other OECD average of 45000 But when you look at the numbers closely, it's easy to see that the United States teacher salaries are more, more than competitive. More than competitive. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's likely that there are numerous culprits that are responsible for our poor showing in education. For one, we're continuing to perpetuate the problematic nature of the system we have in place, public school system. We're shooting ourselves in the foot when we don't base teacher salary on quality of teaching. We allow politics to muddy and degrade our education system. Our education system, public education system, is owned lock, stock, and barrel by the Communist Democrat Party, which uses the public school education system as a socialist, Marxist, communist, progressive indoctrination clinics. That's all they are these days. And that all, it just does away with improving the education system, and the education of American students. Unless you're a communist Democrat, then you're more than happy because the schools are turning out cookie-cutter communists. You know, they say the teachers in America, the unions say that they don't make enough money. Well, let's have a look at how much a teacher, an average school teacher puts in as far as a school year. Let's have a look at how much they put in the schoolhouse. Every year. And we'll compare that to the average American worker. The average American worker works 52 weeks times 5 days a week and equals 260 days. Gets a 4 weeks vacation each year, 16 days. But that only comes about after they've been on the job 4, 5, 6, sometimes 10 years. 10 holidays a year, maybe. 3 sick days a year, maybe. Three personal days a year, maybe. We're still talking about the average American worker. Total work days, 228 days a year. And we got to we got to discount some of this breakdown because the average American worker doesn't get 16 hours a day. I mean, 16 hours uh, paid vacation a year. Maybe after they've been there 10, 15 years, they might get it. Ten holidays, I don't think so. Three sick days could be. Three personal days depends on who you are. Work day is eight hours. Work with one and a half hour unpaid lunch and two 15 minute breaks. That's the average day of the American worker. Now let's look at the average for an American teacher. The average teacher, her school year, his school year, 180 days, 14 paid holidays. Five personal days a year. Seven sick days a year. Vacation days, who knows? Total days worked 154 days. 154 compared to 260. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. 
for your information to all you listening. The National Education Association Union for American Teachers is the largest union in the United States of America with a population of over 3.2 million members. The NEA is the nation's largest union and represents public school teachers, administrators, substitute teachers, higher education faculty members, education support professionals, retired educators, students preparing to become teachers, blah, 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 blah. How many of you know when this NEA was founded? It was founded way back in 1857 and merged with the American Teachers Association in 1966. And another for your information to the listeners. When you talk about the National Education Association, well, I'm going to take a break right here because we this is something that is really heavy. This is something that the American people ought to realize, ought to know, under understand, especially you folks that have kids in grade school, pre-kindergarten, high school, are planning on sending your kids off to college. That's right, you you people out there, you parents that are busting your buns, hocking the house, and everything else, so little Mary or little Jimmy can go to college and get indoctrinated by the left. We'll be right back. Looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back live at the National Butt Out Finals. A.J. Langer is all fired up, and there he goes. It's out. He put his butt out in 2.6 seconds. Lori is with AJ. Lori? AJ, how did you get your butt out so quick? Well, I learned the hard way. I burned the house down. If you smoke, put it out. All the way. Every time. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable home fire deaths. Check out usfa.dhs.gov smoking. A message from the U.S. Fire Administration and firefighters everywhere. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition hump day. And we'll be back after the Phyllis Schaffler Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, popular speaker, and the author of 20 books, including the book Feminist Fantasies that reveals the feminist influence on the media, on college campuses, and writing in children's classrooms. Now here's the president of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. In many cities, tour guides are hired to lead visitors to look at local landmarks, often teaching some history along the way. In recent years, several cities enacted laws requiring tour guides to be certified in history before they can charge the public for their tours. In 2008, there were reports of some guides spreading malicious falsehoods about famous Americans, some of them quite offensive. And so the Philadelphia City Council now requires tour guides to pass a history test before they can charge for their guide services. On tours of Independence Hall and other sites maintained by the federal government, the guides say only what they are allowed to say. But in other locations, it was anything goes until cities began requiring tour guides to have licenses. Philadelphia requires tour guides to get a score of at least 65% on a test with 150 questions about local historical sites. 
A similar law to require licensing of tour guides was passed in New Orleans, but the tour guides sued to be free from any control or supervision of what they can say on the tours. They lost. The courts upheld the licensing requirement, but it didn't specify what the guides may say or not say. The licensing requirement tests applicants on their knowledge of the area's historical and cultural history and on the landmarks in the city. The tour guides appealed, but the Supreme Court refused to hear their case, so the licensing requirement remains in effect. I think that is a good result. If you go as a visitor to a city with many historical landmarks where great events happened long ago, I'd like to know that I'm getting true history, not some oddball comments by a guide who's trying to be humorous or perhaps even trying to downgrade or belittle our founding fathers. You've been listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. If you don't want history to be rewritten, if you don't want our children to be brainwashed in school, then we encourage you to write us at Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. Ask for the History Brainwashing Report. For the sake of the future, write Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. Ask for the History Brainwashing Report. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Good news. Fewer adults are smoking cigarettes than ever before. No matter how long you've been smoking or how old you are, it's never too late to quit. Almost immediately, you'll breathe better and your circulation will improve. You'll also be able to recover from illness and injury faster. Each day, your tobacco-free reduces your risk for conditions such as heart disease and stroke. For more information on quitting, talk to your health professional or call the National Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Take the first step to a healthier life. Here come the judge. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Wednesday edition, hump day. I hope you folks are having a fine day wherever you're at in God's big, beautiful world. You know, I got a lot of emails for some reason. And I don't know why, but I got a lot of emails from Brazil. Can you believe that? I, I didn't even know I had listeners down Brazil way. And there were some from some towns that I can't even pronounce. I don't know. But all you folks down in Brazil to listen to the Gary Gatehouse radio show, uh, why don't you drop me in line and let me know what radio station you listen to me on. And uh, thanks for listening, all you folks down there in Brazil. And I got a lot of emails. When I say a lot, I, I normally don't get very any me- emails from folks that live up in uh, what was the name of that place? Luxembourg. 
little bitty old place over there in Europe. And I got one from uh, one lady named Garnet. And she said, Mr. Gatehouse, I really enjoy your show. And I'm reading it off here. I really enjoy your show. I'm an American living in Luxembourg, and I enjoy listening to an, another true American voice who is concerned about our country. Well, thank you, Garnet. I appreciate that. And all you folks over there who are Americans living abroad, living in Europe, living in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, wherever you may be, you can listen to the Gary Gatehouse Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on dogsofwarradio.com at 12 noon Central Standard Time, U.S. Time. Dogsofwarradio.com. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 noon dogsofwarradio.com. And 12 noon Central Standard Time. Or you can listen to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com Monday through Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, American Time. On freedominamericaradio.com, freedominamericaradio.com. Owned and operated by Mr. Billy Van Horn from Pennsylvania. And he has one hell of a lineup. He really does. J.J. McCarthy, he's got... uh, He's got Trade Martin. He's got he's got you people. I tell you, if you're a conservative, if you're an American, and you enjoy listening to Americans and what they have to say, us Americans that sit behind their microphone and try to bring the truth out to you every day, tune in to FreedomInAmericaRadio.com. Twenty four seven, twenty four seven at radio stations operating. Mister Billy Van Horn, and you can also go up and join the Freedom in America Radio. Facebook page by just going, if you're already a member, just type in Freedom in America and it'll take you to it, Freedom in America Radio. Sign on, become a member. Support freedominamericaradio.com. It's your radio station, America. It's your radio station, Tea Party. It's your radio station, conservatives, you moms and dads, you aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, all you folks out there in the military that are concerned with what's going down and wanting to get the truth, want to get all the commentary right straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. FreedomInAmericaRadio.com. Same with FreedomInAmericaRadio.us. Gary Gatehouse is up there 24-7. And you can have access at FreedomInAmericaRadio.us to Gary Gatehouse's past shows. There's a quite a large selection up there to listen to. We also broadcast on the GAL network. And you can listen to us there 24-7. And Restoration Radio United Kingdom, home of Mr. Stephen Lang, owner and operator out of London, England. Oh, by the way, Stephen, that package should be getting there anytime soon. It's pretty soon. And Mr. Stephen Lang is one of the uh, staunchest, one of the most supportive English blokes of the American way. Mr. Stephen Lang and I, we uh, communicate almost daily. And he is an individual that uh, is very concerned about his country, very concerned about America. And he uh, pulls no punches when it comes to expressing his concerns. And that's what I appreciate about the man. He is a straightforward bloke who tells it like it is. And that's what I like. And you'll get the same treatment if you come to the Gary Gatehouse show to listen. I don't pull any punches I don't sign on to politically correctness. No way, Jose. I tell it like it is. You know, before we went to break, 
We were talking about the National Education Association, the largest union in the United States of America, owned and operated by teachers of various stripes, various cuts of cloth, whatever. And I'm going to give you a breakdown on what the NEA, as far as its political side, which I would suspect is equal to its educating side, which is not much as far as education goes. All they're doing is working very diligently to turn out those cookie-cutter socialists, Marxist, communist, progressives, liberals, whatever you want to call them, for the Communist Democrat Party. They're, they're all in with the Communist Democrat Party. National Education Association Teachers Union. Contributions. 29,908,414. Ranks number four of 16,000 plus unions, whatever, contributing to the political arena. In lobbying... The NEA, the National Education Association, in 2014 spent $2,433,925 in lobbying Congress. In 2013, it spent $2,475,284 lobbying Congress. And it ranks number 222, 222 out of 4,072 different lobbyists people who contact and have lobbyists lobby Congress. Number 222 out of 4,072 organizations that spend money on lobbyists. And these numbers come from 2014. Now, outside spending money they spend on other movements, liberal, socialist, communist movements, six million. Six million plus. And they rank number 20 out of 185. Contributions to political candidates. $1,797,492. Contributions to leadership PACs. P-A-C PACs. $158,000. Contributions to parties. $378,000. Contributions to 527 committees, 446640 Contributions to outside spending groups, $27,127,697. And I suggest you folks go up to the NEA's homepage and look at the groups that it supports and spends that $27 million plus on. It'll blow your mind. Now, in federal candidates running for office in the year 2014 cycle, the National Education Association's total contributions to candidates from National Education Association PACs is 33 times larger than contributions from individuals. The NEA independent expenditures is $5,798,883. Expenditures for Democrats, 231681 Against Democrats, zero. Zero, nada. For Republicans, $821,137. Sounds like a lot, don't it? Sounds like they're really in there rooting on the Republican people running for office, right? Against Republicans. Money they spent against Republicans. You know, campaign uh, 
information, banners, whatever you want to call them, 4,977,746. And they threw in communication costs of $231,000. Total, $1,797,492 of NEA money. I would suspect it comes from those people who buy the the, uh, union card and pay their dues. Over 90% of those contributions went to the Communist Democrat Party. Over 90% of those contributions went to the Communist Democrat Party. But you know, there's a, a report that came out by a guy named Mike Adams, a professor at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, a criminal justice professor. And he says, the NEA is also advocating multiculturalism, Today we call it political correctness, but the real term is cultural Marxism. It's also multiculturalism, which is a denigration of the foundational Western worldview. And this was uh, said by a guy, President Brandon House, in conjunction with Mike Adams. Adams believes the NEA's willing advocacy of cultural Marxism means it's anti-Western. And he's right, it is. It just shows there are contrarians. And they'll celebrate anything that is contrary to our Judeo-Christian principles and our capitalistic society. It's just another example of identity politics, Adam stated. He's talking about how the NEA wanted its schoolhouses throughout the United States to celebrate Mayo Taesong's birthday. That's right. A great a great socialist, a great communist. Now, Mr. Howes agrees with Adams on the basic point. He says he's not surprised that the NEA would celebrate communism. He goes on to say, I'm appalled but not shocked because of the National Education Association's long love affair with communism, Mr. House says. Most Americans are going to be shocked, but this helps us understand who the NEA is. The National Education Association really is. The NEA is a group of radicals who are opposed to parental authority, opposed to accountability, and are not for traditional education, Mr. House said. They're not reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're not teaching that. They are for a progressive, liberal, anti-American worldview. And most of the teachers who pay dues to the NEA do not agree with the liberal stance of the NEA Association, Mr. House explained, throughout history. The NEA has historically been willing to ask for federal intervention in the nation's schools. The NEA website reports that the teachers' union successfully influenced the federal government to create a federal department of education. We talked about that earlier. Mr. House adds that one of the NEA's heroes is John Dewey. I've talked about old John Dewey many times. Now, John Dewey traveled to the former Soviet Union way back in 1928. 1928, and studied the communist education system in the former Soviet Union. And he came back talking about how great it was. He talked about the marvelous development of the progressive education ideas and practices. Here is John Dewey's praising communism, the Soviet Union system, which is very much like China's system, saying we need to teach the progressive ideas and to counteract the ideas of the home and the church. 
That's what Dewey advocated. That's what the NEA still preaches and marches by, Mr. House added. Now, Mr. House also believes the celebration of communism is consistent with the NEA's philosophy of rejecting the traditional family. The NEA supports same-sex marriage. The NEA has a large contingent of homosexual movements within the confines of the NEA. When they hold their national event every year at whatever city they decide on, one of the main things they talk about is homosexuality and how they are going to make the student and the parent accepted as normal. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the bottom line. The NEA supports illegal aliens. The NEA supports La Raza. The NEA supports UNESCO. The NEA supports United Nations. And it speaks out many times against our military. They support feminism, which is anti-family, anti-father. They openly write about the need to destroy the family, the male, the leader of the home, the defender and provider, Mr. House explained. Break down the family and it will grow the government and the welfare state. That's what the NEA is all in for. The growth of the welfare state, the growth of the government, even bigger and bigger. Centrally located, in charge of us from cradle to grave. And the NEA will be the provider as it is now for the indoctrination of future generations. So that the Communist uh, Democrat Party can continue to control us from cradle to grave. Dumbed down Americans who know nothing about their country. And the Democrat Party and the NEA want it that way. Now, one of the tools the National Education Association is using to accomplish its objectives is to revise American history. We who pay attention know this. They're at work, and their friends are at work, to try to show that social justice or communism or progressive ideology is good. Remember, progressivism is just another word for communism. And the antithesis of their teachings is that Christianity is evil. Bill Ayers, the former Weather Underground member, you would think is so radical that he would be rejected. Instead, he has been elected as vice president of a leading organization that writes curriculums for your kid and my kid in school. So Bill Ayers is writing social justice curriculums for America's schools. Curriculums, again, that are being taught by the NEA teachers and professors teaching your kids from those curriculums. And they're not teaching you, they're brainwashing them. So this is how the National Education Association and people like Bill Ayers will work to praise the Soviet Union, to praise China. Their jobs have been a rewrite of history to make America look bad and communism look good. This recently a poll was taken. High school kids and college kids said they prefer socialism over capitalism. Where do you think they got those ideas from? Do you think their parents taught them that? Well, maybe some did. But the majority didn't. They learned all of that in school. Indoctrination clinics ran by the NEA. Now you know, ladies and gentlemen, you folks that have kids in school know about the school year calendar. 
and the National Education Association, with all its liberal, progressive, socialist, Marxist, communist ideology, all rolled up into one big ball of wax. One of the big words that they sign on to is diversity. And they spread that out amongst everything. Homosexuality, same-sex marriage, getting rid of the parent, getting rid of the male, etc. Homosexuality is the, I guess, the gospel of the day with the NEA. Now, the diversity calendar with the NEA also lists Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and traditional Jewish holidays such as Passover and Yom Kippur. However, the calendar also includes Islamic fasting month of Ramadan and the festival of Eidia Fritir, the day to celebrate Ramadan's end. They're signed on to the Muslims and Sharia law, folks, and they're teaching it in our schools. You see headlines every day. But you know the connection between the two ideologies, it's purely pragmatic. The communists and the Muslims are united in their desire to destroy America. Muslims see America as the great saint, and communists hate traditional America. And the NEA loves them both. However, Mr. House says that the arrangement pits the two most aggressive ideologies against we the people, against our children. At some point, those ideologies will eventually clash. They're working now, but they'll fight it out in the end. Now, according to Mr. Adams, the calendar is an expression of the valueless education establishment, which encourages a celebration of days significant to two of the world's most aggressive belief systems. He says that in the end, when these two ideologies collide, one ideology will win out. There's no question that Islam will win out in the end, Mr. Adams said. I just wonder if the NEA folks thinks that because they sign on with Muslim religion and push it daily in their schools, that their heads and necks will be saved when that day comes, when Islam and ISIS and the Muslims start to uh, identifying Americans that they need to lop their heads off. You folks in the NEA, do you think you'll be protected? Now, when the NEA made a glowing assessment of radical socialist community organizer Saul Alinsky, enthusiastically recommending American public school teachers read two of his books, including one dedicated to Satan. You heard me correct. On its website, the National Education Association dubbed Alinsky as an inspiration to anyone contemplating action in their community and to every organizer. Of course, the NEA backed Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sissi, a community organizer and a staunch pupil of Saul Alinsky. They backed him to the hilt, as do they back Hillary Clinton, another staunch pupil of Saul Alinsky and a Marxist. It recommends Alinsky's Reveal for Radicals, a 1946 book about the principles and tactics of community organizing and Rules for Radicals, a 1997 1971 text that articulated a socialist strategy for gaining political power to redistribute wealth from the haves and the have-nots. You hear Obama talking about redistribution of the wealth every damn day. You hear about the political party, the Communist Democrat Party, doing the same. You even hear some Republicans talking about it, and the NEA teaches it every day to your kids in school. 
every day, Monday through Friday. The NEA, the largest labor union in the United States of America. It represents public school teachers, college and university faculty, retired education employees, college students preparing to become teachers. Or in this day and age, as the NEA once said, teachers were eventually going to be change agents. They're not teachers anymore. They're change agents. Agents of the left. Agents of communism, socialism, Marxism, progressivism. Teachers in the NEA, not all, but most, are change agents. And they go with the flow. They're radicals. Now the NEA explained Alinsky's goal seems to be to encourage positive social change by equipping activists with a realistic view of the world, a kind of preemptive disillusionment. If a person already knows what the evil the world is capable of, then perhaps the surprise factor can be eliminated, making the person a more effective activist. So Alinsky further seems to be encouraging a budding activist not to worry much about getting his or hands dirty. It's all part of the job. He seems to say in Rules for Radicals, it's all part of the job. Now the NEA, the National Education Association of America, if you have been reading the headlines on the internet, not paying attention to the outlets of the media, who are all journalists educated by the NEA, Every damn one of them, including those on Fox. But if you get your news from other sources, specifically on the Internet, where the NEA and its teachings and its its way of hoodwinking the American people and its indoctrination didn't seem to set with a lot of us. We got through it. And I'll explain how I got through it. I was a child of the 50s and 60s in school. I went to college later as I became an intelligence officer. Those years in the 50s and 60s, all of this was going on to some extent. But it was held behind, or hid behind the closet door in the schoolhouse. Today, the NEA is right in your face. Today, the NEA and the Communist Democrat Party are right nose-to-nose with you folks out there that call yourselves conservatives and moral Christians who have children that you are very concerned about and their education. They're in your face. They're telling you, you as parents don't count. They are in charge. Shut your mouth, parents. We're going to teach them how we want to teach them. And you're going to sit back and not say a damn thing about it. And you know what? Most of America, they're not saying anything about it. When you start talking about education in the context I am, most Americans turn me off, run and hide. They don't want to hear it. They don't even want to take the time out to look around and look and listen to see what I'm talking about, to see if it's true. Or are there people who talk about it like me? That's where America's going to lose. 
That's where America is losing the battle to save our country. Because you see, way back in the show, I said the quickest way to destroy a country, the quickest way to destroy a country's belief in Christianity, the family unit, is through the schoolhouse. Through the curriculum the schoolhouse teaches. And who's in charge of the schoolhouse. And who develops the curriculum that the schoolhouse teaches from. Oh sure, they can't do it overnight. But I'd like guarantee you, we're one generation away from children who will know nothing about Pearl Harbor. Know nothing about Vietnam. Know nothing about World War II, if any little. Know nothing about the history of their country, the founding fathers, how it all came to be. They will know nothing about the country they live in except for what the National Education Association change agents have taught them. And we see that every damn day. Examples of where our kids today are. They are lost. They don't know. And furthermore, they don't care. Even that is taught to them in school. Oh, we remember back in the 60s when I was in Vietnam and that whole era back in the 60s, drug, sex, rock and roll, remember that? Remember the whole young generation, hell no, I won't go. Burn your bras, whatever. Parents don't mean a damn thing to me. They're stupid, they're idiots. Burn down the country, burn down the government, burn down everything. Ho Chi Minh's great. Remember all that? Well, those folks grew up. A lot of them became professors and high school students and grade school students. All indoctrinated into socialism, communism, Marxism. Bill Ayers is a prime example. He teaches your kids. University of Chicago. He teaches your kids. He has an office that's got Shea Chicago. He's got an office that shows that all the things that he is all in with. Communism. And yet he's a teacher of your children. And before we go today, I've been on my horse all day about education in the United States. And I know it's going to turn a lot of people off. I know a lot of people are going to say, why aren't you talking about politics? Why aren't you talking about what's impacting on us right now? This is impacting on you now. This is impacting on your country. This is impacting on the security of future generations, your children, your grandchildren. I guess all the stupidity that is taught as classroom study has finally come home to roost in America. I guess all you Americans out there that just don't want to hear anything that tells the truth or shines a light of truth on what's going on in this country, I guess the teachers, the change agents in the public schools you went to, and yes, even some private schools, it is creeping into them like Notre Dame. I guess you just don't care. Let somebody else take care of it. Let some other stupid American take care of it. I don't want to hear about this. It makes me feel bad. I don't want to think my kids are going to schools like this. 
I don't want to think that I'm saving all this money to send them to college and they're going to go get this kind of education. I don't think Gary Gatehouse is right. I don't think all those other individuals out there that are sounding the alarm are right. America's great. We're too big to fail. Nobody can touch us. We've got the smartest people in the world. Just look around you. Look at Hillary. Look at uh, Obama. Look at Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, John Boehner. Look at them. They're, they're intelligent people. Really? Are they really intelligent people? Or are they just well-versed in their song and dance way of doing things? Their abilities to hoodwink the American people, which isn't too hard these days. Since most Americans are so dumbed down, they don't know. They don't know too much these days about anything. And like I told you before, before I sign off, the Gary Gatehouse show is not here to make everything all painted and looking pretty and pinks and all these fuzzy looking things that make you feel so great and make you feel wonderful. I am a messenger of the truth. I am not a messenger of lies and things that make you feel good to cover up what is really happening just so you'll feel good another day or two. Not Gary Gatehouse. I refuse to do it. Refuse to do it. This is Gary Gatehouse with the Wednesday edition of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Hump Day. Wishing you all a great day, and I'll be talking to you again Friday. God bless America. And until then, good day.